Taking years to write a book is so last century. Hi, I'm Liesl Hill. I help aspiring authors move toward their dreams of career authordom by mastering their story, mastering their words, and mastering their marketing. If you're ready to put your head down and do the work necessary to eventually live off your fiction royalties, then tune in each week. I'll give you actionable tips and hacks, as well as inspiring interviews with writers who are already doing this. We are prolific authors. Hey there, how's everyone doing? Um, I am so happy to be here. I have not done lives in quite a while. I've been busy putting other things together and just getting a lot of things going. And I'm I have a really exciting announcement that I'm going to make at the end of the live today. I'm not going to keep you too long. It's going to be relatively short. Um, let me start by saying I'm not having a very good day when it comes to technology and especially the internet. Um, you might have noticed if you're paying any attention to your Facebook notifications that I switched the time to 1230 and then switched it back. And the reason is because my internet keeps phasing in and out. Um, I actually have three different lives that I'm supposed to do today. One of them was a webinar before this at about 11 Mountain Standard Time. And the reason that I switched it to 1230 is because the internet went out. And so I thought we were going to have to start late. But the internet was phasing out so badly, I just ended up having to cancel it. So I switched the time for this back to noon. And um, I'm actually on my phone rather than on my desktop browser, which is why, I don't know, I'm not a huge fan of the way the camera is making me look sort of caricature-ish, but um, we're going to push through, okay? I just didn't want to be going live and then have my internet tank. And, you know, of course, first time I've done very many lives like this in months. And, of course, this is the day that uh, the internet decides to uh, crap out on me. It's just the way the cookie crumbles, right? <laughs> but that's okay. Um, first world problems, right? So we're going to power through. We're going to talk today about um, opening the reader's subconscious mind, as you can see from um, the title, and kind of why we would want to do that to begin with, and then how to do it. So if you have ever attended one of my workshops or my webinars, you've probably heard me say this before, that um, the way in which you can open your reader, your reader's subconscious mind is through story. But Let's unpack that a little bit. What does that mean exactly? Okay, so let's start with why. Why would we want to try and open the reader's subconscious mind? Well, what that really means is connecting with them, okay? Connecting with them via story, connecting with them emotionally, them connecting with you as a person, but also as a storyteller, okay? So they will come back to your books again and again. That's really what we're talking about. Um, that's how you grow your business, right? That's how you grow your audience. So let's talk about the difference between telling them a story and really getting them to connect with your story. In other words, opening their subconscious mind. So we have this thing that we always bat around, this uh, phrase that we bat around in the industry that talks about showing versus telling. And uh, just to put the definition out there, showing is the good one. It's where we actually kind of show them what's happening and um, ground them in the experience of the story versus telling, which is just telling them that. Now, I actually think that showing is a little bit of a misnomer in the way that we're using it. I wish we kind of didn't call it that. Um, it's just what we call it. It's probably not going to change. But what we mean by that really, showing versus telling, is helping them to experience it. Okay, so we can tell them what happened. Um, John was sad. John cried. Or we can show them what that looked like and help them feel what he's feeling. And that's what we mean by telling versus showing, right? Now, I know you all probably know that. I'm kind of preaching to the choir here. But this is also very, very pertinent to what it means to open the reader's subconscious mind, okay? Because you can tell them the story. You can give them the facts and the information about the story. Or 
you can help ground them in the experience. You can help them live vicariously through your story, through your characters. And if you do that, that's what will open their subconscious mind, okay? So I want you to think of opening the reader's subconscious mind as, you know, pulling out their emotions and helping them to experience your story rather than just reading it. Okay, let's let's look at another definition for this, um, or rather another example. This is the same reason that certain books, usually fiction, <laughs> ends up being read by millions of people and they have lots and lots of emotions about that story versus an encyclopedia. You notice that encyclopedias don't often end up on the bestseller list, right? Why is that? Because they are just straightforward facts. No um, emotion, no empathy, no experience of it, right? <clears throat> you could also, <clears throat> excuse me, compare this to perhaps a film. Let's take the movie Titanic, okay? That movie made a huge splash, pun intended, when it came out. Okay, I was a teenager when that came out. I was one who went and saw it a whole bunch of times. Why was that movie so big, but the somewhat dry documentary on, you know, PBS or something doesn't do so well? It's the same thing, okay? They grounded us in the characters. They gave us the emotional experience of those characters. And we felt like we were there and we experienced it versus just learning about what happened, okay? So that's kind of what I mean by opening the reader's subconscious mind. You can um, tell your readers all you want about things. And you can even give them the facts of the story that is a fiction story. But if you cannot open their subconscious mind and help them connect emotionally with that story, they're not gonna come back to your writing. It's as simple as that, okay? So all the marketing in the world is not going to help you be successful if you have not learned how to open your reader's subconscious mind. That is why we want to do it. So then let's shift to how do we do this? Um, there's a few different ways I'm gonna talk about. There are actually probably dozens of ways to go about doing this. And I teach a lot of them inside my academy, but we're gonna talk about three particular ones right now. Um, the first one is using character arcs, not just character arcs, but different types of character arcs. Now, I wanna ask you a question. Do you know what different types of character arcs are? What I mean is, of course, you know what a character arc is. And most of us, all, almost all writers out there write dynamic characters. We know we're supposed to write characters that change over time or over the course of the story. So most of us do do that. But if I said to you, can you define the three major types of character arcs in fiction? Could you do it off the top of your head? And if I were to give them to you, would you be able to define them? Maybe not. Okay. I mean, you might be able to extrapolate a little bit from, you know, just like what the names of them are. But overall, most people really can't. And if you can't do that, if you don't already have this knowledge so ingrained in your head that you can just rattle it off at the drop of a hat, you're leaving a lot of emotion on the table, which means you're not opening your reader's subconscious minds as well as you could be, okay? And that is going to hurt your business. It's not in a way that's very measurable or quantifiable, but if you're not, again, it's just if you're not doing that effectively, the readers are not gonna come back to you. They're not gonna be super loyal to you. Doing this is what creates really rabid fans who will come back to you for everything you write because they know you're going to give them a great story. They know they're gonna have an emotional experience when they read something you wrote. Doesn't even matter what genre it's in, okay? Um, so you want to be using dynamic character arcs, but you want to be using different kinds of character arcs. As I said, most people do write dynamic characters at least to an extent. Sometimes they don't do it very purposefully. And I'm one who believes everything should be purposeful. And if you're not being purposeful, you're leaving stuff on the table, okay? Plain and simple. But the other thing is there's more than one type of dynamic character arc and you should be using different ones for different characters and different stories. And 
you know, even use different ones in the same story. Maybe you have your main character has a linear dynamic arc, but your uh, side character who's part of the subplot has a dynamic shift character plot or character arc, excuse me. Maybe, um, maybe the main character has a dynamic shift arc, but one of the subplots is more of a non-dynamic character arc. Now, yes, there is actually something called the non-dynamic character arc, and that doesn't mean there isn't a change. There actually is a change in the story, but it's just, it's a little bit in a different wheelhouse, so it's just called that. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the first way that you can really open your reader's subconscious mind. And that is because if you follow a character arc, um, like I said, there are different kinds, that automatically means that your character is going to change over time and your reader is going to latch onto that character and the change they're going through, okay? You have to understand that this is part of story psychology. We as human beings are always in flux. We are always changing. Life is always throwing curveballs at us. So they latch on to those character changes and want to see how the character is going to deal with them. And if you, you know, change it up and have different ways of showing that change, even within the same story, then that's going to make your story more nuanced and also more realistic to the reader, okay? Again, this is the human template that I'm always talking about. Humans absorb story the same way all the time, but this is a way to really get their attention, okay? Um, let's move on to the second way. I actually have banners for these because I'm on my phone, I'm not uh, used to it. So there's the dynamic character arcs now that we're done talking about it. Um, the second way is through the internal arc. Now, this sort of builds off the dynamic character arc. Um, Again, a lot of you heard me say this, but remember that plot, building plot first is not the best way to approach story. The internal arc should drive the plot, not the other way around. Um, much like I said with dynamic arcs, most writers do know how to create a little bit of an internal plot. Most often what I find is that they're not doing it intentionally, okay? They're starting with the plot and whatever changes kind of come as a byproduct of that plot for the character, that's what their internal arc is but it shouldn't be that way. The internal arc should be driving the plot, not the other way around, okay? And if that's not happening, I'm not saying people don't do it, people do it all the time, even have some success in their writing career by doing plot first, but it doesn't create the rabid fans. It doesn't, you know, crack open your reader's subconscious mind the way that it really should, okay? You are leaving so much story, so much emotion on the table if you are not crafting the internal plot first. And I can show you how to do that, okay? so. We have using dynamic character arcs. Then we have crafting the internal plot or the internal arc, I guess I should say. And the thing is, I can't go over how to craft the internal arc here. I literally have hours of training on this, okay? And so we can't do it here. Just know that that's something that you need to do. So even if you're not exactly sure how to do it, just use that in your writing. Start with the internal arc, the, the way that you want your reader or your um, character to change over the course of the story and then craft the plot around that, okay? So that's the second way that you're gonna open your reader's subconscious mind. The third way is through what I call nuances. Now, I'll explain what I mean by this. Nuances are things that aren't directly part of the story, at least not all the time. They're things like repetition of theme, the ambiance you create in the scene, um, character indicators. I'll explain what all of these are in just a minute. Things like that, okay? So they're a little bit on the kind of outskirts of the story, but it really is something that draws the reader in through the vibe of it, through the feeling of it, okay? And if you use these things correctly, it automatically creates emotion and adrenaline in the reader and will draw them in, thereby opening their subconscious mind, okay? So let's go over these in a little bit more detail. Repetition of theme. People, 
authors are so afraid to repeat anything in their books. And I understand why, you know, you certainly don't want to repeat the same sentence within three paragraphs because you didn't mean to, right? That would be a typo. That would be something that needs to be edited out. But what if you're repeating something on purpose? That's a completely different thing, okay? When you have a theme, you ought to be repetitive about it. Not beat the reader over the head with it, say it every other paragraph or anything like that. But what I do, I, I very much pants my themes, which means I don't really know what the theme is going to be until I start writing. I mean, I, I okay, that's not entirely true, but I, I know what the overall driving internal arc theme of the story is going to be because that's the way that I plan my stories. But I, I tend to get different themes that are smaller. They come through dialogue. They come through um, specific situations, right? So I'm not talking about the overarching theme. I'm talking about smaller, um, man, I don't know what the word is for that. Just kind of like baby themes that, that kind of permeate the novel and go hand in hand with the overarching theme. And usually I find those while writing, okay? I don't plan those in advance because I don't know what they're going to be until I start actually um, getting my scenes written. Now, once I have one of those, though, I go back and I sprinkle it throughout the book so that it's repeated a handful of times. What does that do? That gives the reader something to latch on to, okay? It helps them see the story as very cohesive, okay? It brings them into the world of the story because our brains are wired to look for patterns, and that helps the reader look for patterns in your story, okay? So that's super important. Um, ambiance is the way you set the scenes, the mood, right? And if you do that correctly, the reader will always pick up on that, okay? So if you have a dark, scary scene and you're really setting it really well, the reader is going to feel that emotion and want to know what's going to happen in the scene, okay? Same with something that's sad, same with something that's comedic, okay? It's just using that ambiance, that mood. And if the reader can feel that mood, they're instantly experiencing the emotion of the story, okay? So that's another really powerful tool you have to open their subconscious mind. Um, character indicators are basically things that the character does that shows whether they are a good or evil character or somewhere in between, okay? This is gonna seem pretty obvious, but people don't, I don't think, use these to the extent that they should. So it's something like the first time you see a character, um, are they at a soup kitchen feeding the homeless? that automatically tells us that they're a nice character. Now, of course, you could be doing something where you show that and then behind closed doors, it's really a villain or something, but that's, that's kind of not the point here. It, it tells the audience what to expect from that character. Now, on the other hand, if the first time you see a character, they kick a dog walking down the street, well, you know, that's not a very likable character. Now, this seems really obvious. Of course, anybody could conclude that. But the thing about it is that your your audience, your readers, they are begging you to tell them what to think about the story. I know that seems strange and a little bit counterintuitive because <laughs> we all have this, um, this notion that we want to be mysterious as authors and not tell them where the story is going. And, and that's true to a certain extent. Certainly I'm not asking you to give away the ending in the first chapter, but the, the um, readers need to know where the story is going. If you don't tell them, they get confused and they'll put your book down, okay? So you can use these character indicators to foreshadow the story, to foreshadow who this character might be, right? Or might become through their internal arc, through that dynamic arc, okay? So these all go hand in hand. And at the beginning of the story, you need to really think about how you're gonna use your character indicators. Sometimes you use them in a really straightforward way to show hero versus villain, to show um, someone who's lonely, in a, you know, if you're writing a romance, to um, maybe show show off some, some badass skills from your uh, guy, who's gonna chase terrorists if you're writing a thriller. Okay, whatever it needs to be, you can use them in a very straightforward way, but you can also use them to foreshadow what might happen in the story later on. And that can be really, really powerful because 
it gets the reader wondering what's going to happen with this character. You know, maybe they're a mostly dark, evil character, but they do one thing that's a little bit redeeming. You instantly just grab that reader and made them want to find out if this character is going to be redeemed. You using that one technique, that one character indicator to foreshadow what could happen, you just opened the reader's subconscious mind and got them hooked in your story. Okay, so these are the nuances. Um, once again, it's repetition, ambiance, and character indicators are the ones that I've talked about. There's lots of other ones that I could that I could talk about, but we only have time for those today. Um, so I want you guys to take these tips, use them in your writing. Make sure that you are creating enough intrigue with them to open the reader's subconscious mind and get them interested in your story, okay? If you do that, you're gonna have a lot better retention of your readers, you're gonna hook them a lot faster, and you're gonna create mega fans. It's assuming that you pay them off at the end, please don't set them up and then not pay them off, make sure and pay them off, but I'm assuming that you will, and um, it's just gonna really up-level your writing and grow your fan base that much faster, okay? so. Um, if you want help implementing any of these, more detail, how to do it, when to do it, where to do it, all of that, this is stuff that I teach inside my academy. Now, I told you at the beginning that I had an exciting um, announcement to make. So I am testing different pricing models, and I've decided to do a promotion for the month of April. So any of you who have attended any of my workshops or webinars know that my uh, academy is pretty pricey. It's a $1,000 course up front. However, because I'm trying to serve as many authors as I can in April. And, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm kind of testing different pricing points to see what works for our community a little bit better. Um, I have decided to actually waive that upfront fee for the month of November. So it is only a monthly recurring subscription to get into the Academy. Okay. So you just pay that every month. It's less than a hundred dollars. And you can be in as long as you want. Um, if you get in there and decide that it's not for you, that you've, you know, only paid for that one month and you can cancel any time. Um, and yeah, I'm only doing this for the month of April. If you join in April this month at this price, you will be grandfathered in at this price. It will never go up for you or change for you in any way. Um, but if you wait till next month, the price, it, it may not go quite up to what it was at the $1,000 mark, but it is going to go up because like I said, I'm just kind of testing different pricing points. Okay. So if you want more help with this and so much more, you know, I teach you um, how to master your words, how to get them written quickly and efficiently so that you can build your backlist faster. I teach you how to write transformational stories that are going to hook your readers every single time and create a very emotional and cathartic experience for them. Okay, open their subconscious minds all kinds of ways. Um, and then I also, of course, teach marketing, including ads. So if you want help with any of this, and it's something that is on your heart and on your mind to do, and you really want to up-level your author business this year, I'm going to invite you to join me in the Academy. And I'm going to strongly suggest that you do it this month because the price, I promise, is never going to be lower than this. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I have for today. And if you, let's see, again, I'm on my phone. I have to find everything here. Uh, okay. So if you want to learn more about the Academy um, and consider joining, go to this link, bit.ly forward slash Fiction Academy. Um, you can read all about in a lot more detail what's in there, and then there will be a place where you can join at the bottom if you choose to do so. Um, if you're not sure about the Academy and you want to talk to someone about it and see if it would serve your needs, I am happy to do that. You can put questions or comments in the uh, comments of this post, and I will you know, either answer you there or... Um, DM you if you'd prefer that. But you can also get on a call with me, a, uh, a Zoom call, um, and I can answer your questions there face to face. Um, this is not something I'm getting a commission for or anything. I'm here to serve you and to help answer your questions about the Academy so you can decide if this is something that would serve you in your career. Um, so if you want to do that, go to 
bit.ly forward slash Baba 33. And that is to schedule a call with me. Um, there's 15 minute calls and I'll answer any questions that you have. Okay. Um, but if you don't have questions and you just want to check out the Academy more again, that's bit.ly forward slash fiction Academy. So I hope that this was helpful for you and that you found some value in it. And, um, this will live inside the Facebook group, so You can rewatch it anytime you want. And yeah, I hope to see you all again soon. Everyone have a great week of writing a great week of opening your readers subconscious mind through your brilliant stories. Okay. I wish you all the luck. Remember there is always a market for awesome. All right. See you guys next week. Bye. Me again, before you go, if you found value in this episode, I would love it if you could leave me a review. Reviews are the best way to show your appreciation and help others find this podcast. Be sure to screenshot it, share it on your favorite social media network and tag me at LK Hill Books. Remember, the world needs your stories. Only you can change someone's heart with your fire-breathing dragons, your mind-blowing mysteries, your epic romances, and your intense thrillers. So join the revolution and be a prolific author.